0: It's Amy's Table, A Girl's Guide to Living, with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Beloved Mediterranean food expert and best-selling author, Michelle Ciccolone, has got her latest book, The Italian Vegetable Cookbook. 200 favorite recipes for anipasti, soups, pasta, main dishes, even desserts. And she's joining us today on Amy's Table to talk about this beautiful book. Welcome, Michelle.
1: Thank you Amy. So nice to talk to you.
0: Well, you truly are the Mediterranean go-to woman on food and and this is such a great book. It's it's interesting to me that we are all so interested now in, in broader cooking and healthier cooking, that a vegetable could, could take up a whole cookbook and have people clamoring to read it.
1: <laughs> well, absolutely. You know, that's the Italian way. Italians uh, have always eaten a lot of vegetables. A lot of Italian cooking relies on vegetables. And I think the Italians are just masters at the art of making vegetables appealing uh, and having them either as a side dish, first course, you know, whatever or, or making a whole meal out of um, a vegetable and uh, one of my favorite things when I travel in Italy is is when something is in season let's say mushrooms or something like that you'll go to a restaurant and they'll have a whole mushroom menu and you'll never even think about oh well where's my where's my meat you know to right. it because there's so many other tasty things you can do
0: so do you think when you said that you think that the Italians do so well in, in highlighting the vegetable, you know, is it easy to sum up? Is it simplicity? Is it letting the vegetable shine? What are the characteristics that the Italians do this so successfully?
1: Well, that is, that's absolutely, I think you've hit the, the nail on the head with that. Italian cooking is very, very simple. You'll find a lot of the recipes have just a handful of ingredients. There's nothing exotic that you have to go hunting and searching for. Uh, and they, they treat it with respect. They, they let the vegetable shine through. Uh, some of the recipes might have just a little bit of, of the, pancetta or prosciutto, you know, to enhance the flavor or maybe a bit of anchovy. I know a lot of people don't like anchovies when they eat them whole, but sometimes that adds that supporting flavor to a dish. And that's very typical of Italian cooking, to put a little tiny bit of, of meat flavoring in or even use chicken broth or something like that. But the great thing about their recipes is that they're so flexible. And if you didn't want to add chicken broth, you you could just use a delicious vegetable broth. And I have a, a very good... To, recipe for a rich uh, vegetable broth in the Italian style. So it's that simplicity and, and using good ingredients and letting them shine through.
0: I love that. I, I think that's great. And And all of the recipes in this book have that approach. They really do. There's so many beautiful pictures. It just makes me want to jump in and start cooking. So, of course, you talk very much about the importance of seasonality in the book. And, and if, you know, it, it's sad to me sometimes when people will go to the grocery store and decide to make something and they will buy the ingredient no matter what, even if it doesn't necessarily look good, even if it's not because they're so afraid to, to be flexible. So you talked about the flexibility of this, but what's a vegetable that we can choose year round, despite the seasons? And have good success with. And what are the ones that you really feel like, hey, only get them in season. Do yourself a favor. Be like the Italians and celebrate the mushroom. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, for example, I think I'm thinking of asparagus. Uh, that comes to mind because I'm, I'm longing for the first asparagus of the season. The rest of the year, they don't always taste so good. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so I'll wait until the spring before I eat asparagus. Of course, tomatoes are the obvious choice we all know they're so superior in the in the summertime and yeah. especially if we can pick them from our own garden or get them from the farmers market those are when we have the, the tastiest tomatoes so i try to avoid using vegetables out of season but then on the other hand there's when when winter comes it's uh, we certainly want to eat our vegetables and continue to. And I find that um, spinach, a lot of the leafy greens are, are excellent in the winter. Spinach and uh, broccoli um, and uh, Swiss chard. Uh, I like escarole very much. It's not always widely available, but it's it's a very inexpensive green, and if you can find it, uh, it's very, very delicious. So, uh, I would think about greens this time of the year, leafy greens, uh and of course root vegetables are always available uh in the winter time and uh, the winter squashes as well, butternut. The more I think about it, there's there's plenty sure. all year round that are available, um uh, that we can uh so that we don't have to uh turn to summer vegetables in the winter for example
0: Exactly because you you just can taste that you're eating it in the wrong season <laughs> Yes for sure Well it's, one it's of the one of the chapters in your book is risotto farro legumes and polenta and I love the combinations of vegetables and and grains that you have going on here So talk to us a little bit about your inspiration there
1: well um it, a lot of people are uh, interested in eating less gluten or uh, eating gluten free so uh, and eating more whole grains. We all know that they that that findings show that they're very, very good for us, so I thought I'd put some emphasis on uh, risotto and other grains and uh, for example um, risotto I think people sometimes think it's difficult to make or it's complicated because you have to stand and stir. I think that's kind of exaggerated. You really don't have to stand over it every single moment as it cooks. Uh though it does require uh, some attention, uh, but uh, there's so many different ways you can go with it. Uh with risotto, uh, you can add just about any vegetable that you can imagine. It it takes well to all kinds of cheeses and herbs. One of my favorite risottos in the book is with basil, pine nuts and parmesan cheese. And uh it's it's kind of the flavors in pesto, but much lighter and fresher mm. and uh, very very easy to do. Um I do another one with uh sun-dried tomatoes and arugula, so it's um, zestier and um, more richly flavored. And of course those sun-dried tomatoes are are uh, good give you good tomato flavor any time of the year. And I also came up with a risotto with kale because everybody's been eating kale lately. Yeah. And I thought, well, I've never had a risotto with kale, but, uh, Italians eat a lot of kale, especially in the Tuscany region. They have the black kale. And so I use that to make, um, a risotto. You can use any kind of kale that, that's available. And it's absolutely delicious. And it's a great way to serve kale. And if, if, you're, if you haven't acquired a taste for kale, this is a great way to introduce your family to it.
0: But are you discovering that people really are being more open to their vegetables? I have a friend in the in the vegetable industry, and she said to me, you know, we would have never guessed that consumers would be happy to buy a salad blend with shaved Brussels sprouts and kale. I mean, people are really opening up to not only the benefit, but the flavor and the beauty of vegetables. I think that's that's so true.
1: I think people... Uh really want variety and and they're interested in good nutrition and sometimes the marketing people the the food producers are behind on that. you yeah. know they insist that, oh, we only want bright red, big, shiny apples. Well, no, we want apples that taste good and and have flavor and and give us variety and uh, have more nutrition than those waxy things that you know they want to sell us so i'm very, very happy to see that that uh, the producers are getting into more variety and uh, sharing this with us because it's very hard to find otherwise if they don't cooperate.
0: You know, it's funny when you said we don't necessarily want great, big, red, shiny apples. Have you noticed in some of the markets now, they're marketing a regular-sized apple. They're calling it a lunchbox apple. Oh, I haven't seen that. And I laugh because I thought, actually, those are the size of the apple. That we used to eat when I was little, and frankly, if we were all sitting down at the lunch table, my mom might cut two of those up for several of us, you know what I uh-huh. mean? <laughs> and now we get an apple the size of a grapefruit or, you know, even bigger, and it's it's just crazy. So it's true. I think that, you know, we don't all really want biggie size of everything or, or unflavorful, just pretty.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. Flavor is more important than, than size and looks in most cases.
0: Yeah. So let, what are some of the things that you might, you know, prepare if you were doing a, a special meal for friends and really wanted to do sort of a dazzling vegetable dish? What what are some of the things that you might turn to in your own home cooking?
1: Well, uh, I think some of my uh, pasta casseroles are, are fantastic when you're having company because you can do a lot of the preparation ahead of time. Um, I have uh, a delicious baked spaghetti frittata. So it's it's uh, spaghetti and broccoli rob or you can use another green vegetable as you like. These, these recipes are very adaptable uh, to the season and whatever you find. And it has uh, Parmesan cheese in it, and it has um, smoked mozzarella, which is really mm. delicious and gives a another level of flavor. And you assemble that and bake it, and you could serve that with uh, a green salad for a wonderful dinner. Um, or I also have a, a delicious rice casserole that I had first in Sicily. Uh, my husband's cousin made it for us, and it was layers of eggplant and rice and tomato sauce and cheese, and mm. all baked together. So it gets melty and gooey. It's sort of it's sort of like eggplant Parmigiano, but uh, Parmesan with with uh, rice uh, in, added to it, and it's just delicious. So those are great dishes if you're having a company and they're uh, wonderful main courses. If you really want to get fancy, you can make some lovely ravioli. Speaking of those mushrooms earlier, makes me reminds me of um, I have a delicious ravioli made with mushrooms and uh, a butter uh, and nut sauce on top, which is uh, uh, if you have the skill for making and if you enjoy making your own pasta, that's a, a great way to go as well. Mm,
0: uh, that all sounds so delicious, and as you're speaking, I'm th- through the book looking at all of these gorgeous photos and then there's even desserts in the book I'm looking at the plum crostata and thinking yes please I'll have a piece that's a wonderful
1: crostata, and again you can adapt it to whatever fruits and seeds apples peaches what you know whatever you happen to have and it's a very easy one to do in fact uh, what I usually do is I keep um, a batch of the pastry in the freezer and then if I if we want a dessert on short notice I I just let it thaw out and roll it up and put some fruit on top and it's done.
0: Oh, that's so smart. I I literally love that because I always say to people one of the best ways to be a great cook is to plan. (laughs) To plan to eat well. To have those little things ready. Well, again, the book is The Italian Vegetable Cookbook, 200 Favorite Recipes for Antipasti, Soups, Pasta, Main Dishes and Desserts by Michelle Ciccolone. And you can find a lot of information on her website and I'm going to link to some recipes that Michelle has shared with us today. And thank you so much for joining us. I always learn so much from both you And your books. It's a beautiful one.
1: Thank you very much, Amy. Great talking to you today.
0: Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! It's Amy's Table with Amy Tolman. Yeah!
1: Q102!